print it, print it, go. Tab the Tatro. And I'm Lauren Learman. And welcome back to the Performance Anxiety Podcast, the show where, you know, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great description. That is exactly what is happening on the show. Our guest today is somebody who I both admire and love with my entire heart. Me she too. is currently a sophomore pursuing a BFA in acting at the University of Wisconsin, Stevens Point. They mostly grew up in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, where they got their start in theater. She is a self-described Shakespeare nerd and has been in many various productions. Some highlights include Smitty and How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, Queen Elizabeth and Richard III, and most recently, Enid Hoops in Legally Blonde. Please welcome to the show a very close friend of both Lauren and myself, Emily Roof. Hi, guys. Oh, Hi, Emily. Oh, my gosh. This is so exciting. It is so exciting. I don't know. I've never, I've never been on the podcast before. This is like a first. <laughs> yes, we have a meeting virtually. She's just like tilting her head, like I've never been on a podcast before. I'm well, always, and Emily I'm, and I, full disclosure, we've been talking about starting a podcast for like forever, and now that I have this like podcast bug, like <laughs> we're going to start this podcast. Emily oh, yeah. and I are going to start a uh, podcast I'm about just, our our fixation. <laughs> I'm just the flakiest person ever, but I've. <laughs> So many interesting. So many interests. That's why we're besties. <laughs> just, we both like out. We both are obsessed with everything. We we enable one another. Yes, that's truly the best way to put it. <laughs> you enable me. <laughs> She's the person I uh, text at two in the morning. Like. Help talk me off this ledge and tell me that it's okay. And she's like, <laughs> it's totally okay, even if it isn't okay. <laughs> I am I am I am nothing if not your friend. At least. <laughs> at least. At least. <laughs> Bare minimum. Yeah. Well now so, now now when I'm like rich and famous uh, later on in life, you can say that I got my start here. <laughs> I told you that I was already going to tell everyone that I knew you way back when. It's true. <laughs> if you don't think I'm not going to do that and also be that person on Facebook that sends you sends me $10,000 or I call the FBI. <laughs> this is just, this could age like really well or really poorly. Like if I'm like a starving artist somewhere, I'll be like, oh shit, I really screwed myself over, huh? Oh, can we swear? <laughs> it all started here. <laughs> <laughs> Probably I should have asked that. if we could uh, if we could swear because I am I am a sailor. <laughs> Same, yes. you can. Yes, you uh, can swear. You can swear oh whatever the fuck you I want. Can, I can say the fuck word. <laughs> <laughs> you only get one fuck. No, you used it. Oh, used dang! It. The quota has been met. <laughs> she said fuck. <laughs> oh no. But. All right. As for questions, Emily, you have an extensive, amazing, like just laundry list of acting. So Lauren has prepped me that apparently you have a story that <laughs> is just all anxiety, like put into one. Yeah, yeah. I think I know exactly what story you're referring to, Lauren. Not not to like throw you under the bus. No, that was oh my a God. highly emotional time. No, but no, it really was. And you weren't throwing I me under the bus. I figured you might want to share 
Yeah. Um, well, actually, it's really funny because another person who's involved in this story is actually my roommate now. Uh, so she's not, she's not in the house, but she, she literally <laughs> lives like 20 feet that way. <laughs> um, but so this was in how to succeed. I want to say what year was how to succeed? 2017, 2018? 2017, 2017. Yeah. 2017. So I would have been 16 at the time. Um, and we, it was the final show. It was Sunday. And so we do a matinee on Sundays, one thirty. And I was, I'm perpetually running late. I got, I got time blindness cause I'm part of that attention deficit disorder gang. Um, so, you know, I, I'm running late at the best of times. Um, but on that day, it was also the Eau Claire marathon. Um, and so, you know, I left my house late. I live like 30 minutes away from the theater. So I'm driving into town. I'm taking the route that I plan that I normally plan to take to get there and it's blocked off. So I have to take an alternate route. So that sets me back. I want to say like 15, 20 minutes because then I had to find parking. So I'm like, I'm, I arrive right at call time, which for me is not enough time to like do my hair, get into makeup, get into clothes. So I'm freaking out. I run downstairs into the basement of the theater. I'm, you know, haphazardly putting on my makeup and, and doing my hair. And I think I have it under control. I'm like, okay, it's, you know, it's going faster, but this is the final show. Like I know how to do my makeup. It'll be fine. I'll get into costume. And then, you know, uh, from upstairs, I hear somebody say last call for mic checks. And my heart just like stops because, you know, I look at I look at my phone. It's like one one twenty five or not one twenty five. Sorry. The house opened at twelve fifty five because the house opened at one. So I like looked at my I looked at my phone. I was like, shit. So I ran upstairs. My hair wasn't done yet, which was like a faux pas because you're supposed to have it done for my checks. So I'm upstairs. I'm like, you know, hyperventilating, trying to sing my song, trying to say my lines, just get the levels right. And, um, you know, I, I do it. My check goes fine. I get back downstairs and we're, I'm just very frazzled at this point. Um, it's worth, I mean, worth mentioning full transparency. I have anxiety, like generalized and social. So, you know, just a very nervous, overthinking individual. Um, so I get back downstairs and my, my roommate, lovely, lovely Grace, <laughs> who was playing Rosemary in the production, she says, Emily, are you okay? And uh, you know how sometimes when you're like on the verge of tears, just like, getting that question is the thing that makes you like burst and cry. That's, mm -hmm. that's what happened. And so oh. <laughs> I just started sobbing. Um, you know, we're about to, we're about to start the show and I'm bawling. Um, and so, you know, I get, I get somewhat calmed down before the show starts, but then I hear the overture and I'm supposed to be up there. And somebody in the ensemble comes down and they say, hey, Grace is looking for you. She's up. She's outside stage. She's wondering where you are. And so I'm like, oh, I feel so guilty. How I made great. I'm making Grace worried. So waterworks again. I'm sobbing. <laughs> and this is during the show. The show's already started. They can't stop it. So, um, you know, I'm downstairs and I can hear over the monitor like they're they're doing my scene. And I'm not up there. Um, and, you know, I'm just feeling even worse because I'm, you know, really upset. Uh, and then our director, uh, Russ, he comes out from the house because he would watch the show every night. Or was he backstage, Lauren? I don't remember. He, he was he was backstage for that one because he would carry on a package right, in that's the mailroom right. scene. Yes, yes, that's absolutely right. 
Um, so he was, he was really nearby, but he came in and he, you know, sweet guy. I mean, I was, I was a kid. I still in some ways, in many ways am. Um, but you know, I was, I was just sitting down in the green room, just inconsolable. And he's like, it's fine. It's community theater. It's not Broadway. You're going to be okay. Um, yeah. and I mean, I had some lovely people who, who, you know, covered, covered my ass. <laughs> well, um, we were lucky because our music director was side stage for the whole yes, show. Yeah. Shout out to Meg Hammis Murray. Yeah. And she, <laughs> so she actually did her hair and had a costume because there was a costume that they had pulled for me as Hetty that I am, um, I'm too gifted up top for that costume. <laughs> so <laughs> Meg was like, oh, that's really cute. And she tried it on. And our costumer, Natalia, was like, oh, totally just wear it. So she was already in costume makeup and hair just for funsies and just so she could carry on the coffee pot for that scene. So she was able to go out there and sing Emily's part. Mm -hmm. So if people didn't know that that was Emily's part, like they had no idea. Also, for the record, because Meg has told me this story through like non-Emily's perspective, now that I realize which story it is. Um, <laughs> so shout out to Meg if you're listening. I love you with every fiber of my being. As do um, I. She told me that the director asked her to be in hair, makeup, and costume for costume changes because they wanted it to look authentic. Oh. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, like, he yeah. he asked her to um, be in that so that she didn't have to, like, so she could just blend in when they had to do scene changes or whatever. Yeah, my, so when my mom was happen- helping out, too, and did the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that's what... That's why she was in that makeup. But then, yeah, she was telling me about how, like, she just goes, I just felt so bad for Emily. And I was just like, well, I'm music directed. I know everything. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I was getting my makeup done. So I didn't go on for the first almost 30 minutes of that show because mm-hmm. Hetty is not in it. And then she has her grand entrance. So <laughs> I would take my sweet ass time. I was sitting down there in a robe and my hair was done, but Natalia <laughs> would be doing my makeup. And I just remember Emily sitting there. And I probably remember more of what was going on. And it felt like an eternity from my point of view because I couldn't help. And I'm like, if I go over there and talk to her, I know it's only going to make things worse, but I want to be supportive. So I just sat in my chair and Natalia, who was doing my makeup, took a break from my makeup and went over and was talking with Emily for a bit. But like people kept going over there and I'm like, I'm not going to go over there because I know like the bigger this crowd gets, the worse it's going to make her feel. Yeah, I mean, so, it really... I, I got you afterwards. <laughs> no, I you did. <laughs> and it really did. It, I mean, everybody was so was so wonderful and kind. And I really needed that. I felt so incredibly self-conscious. Because, I, I mean, I think all performers put a really a lot of pressure on themselves to be perfect mm-hmm. every single time. Um, and, you know, also credit to Grace. Grace Pickler, absolute shout out. She's going to be on Broadway one day. I just know it. She's so uh-huh. incredibly talented and kind. Um, but she, you know, she covered for me in the scene, in the first scene that I missed because I had, you know, we had a bunch of dialogue that leads up to, um, happy to keep his dinner warm and she improv queen just worked through it. And I, I felt so thankful. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. So did you continue the show after that or did you just, so when did you go back on? I, so I got back on for my, for my second entrance. Cause been a long first, day, right? Like, yes, I was in, called? Yeah, uh, it was, it was right before been a long day because there was a little exchange between Smitty and Rosemary where she's like, 
what's the opposite of a sex maniac? A businessman. And then, you know, oh, the exit. Yes. So okay. that was the first entrance. Nobody had any clue who I was because, like, we didn't do the introduction. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we worked through it. Um, and it was, you know, the rest of the show, like, I'd go on stage, I'd do my part, I'd go off stage, and I'd be like, <sighs> just like heavy breathing, trying to calm myself back down. I mean, other than, you know, <laughs> that, the show went really well that day. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it was, I do remember that show fondly, even even despite that that unfortunate performance. It, it was just a mess. <laughs> on my part, so everyone else was fantastic. <laughs> Well, even with that, how did you get through it? Like, how did you be like, okay, I'm ready to go back on and like continue? So, I mean, like I, like I mentioned a bit before, I did a lot of breathing. I did a lot of like conscious, like box breathing, you know, in for four, hold for four, out for four, just like mindfulness because, you know, it helps. And also I, I did my best to take the pressure off myself, um, you know, because I mean, like Russ said, it it's community theater. And as much as I, you know, I love it and I loved it, um, you know, it's it's also like even the pros mess up. Everybody, everybody makes mistakes. And that's kind of the beauty of live theater is that, you know, to, to have those performances every night, you need to be really consistent. And so, you know, in the moment, it was it was hard to get back on stage and be like, I, you know, I'm going to keep doing this. But also... You know, I wanted to frame it as, okay, so I didn't get this next song. So that means I, this last song. So that means I need to make the rest of the show the best that I've done it so that I can, you know, make up for it. Uh, I don't know. I also just kind of leaned on my castmates. Like, I really relied on the, the community that we had in that show. Um, because ideally in every production, you're going to have a group of people who you feel supported by. And I know that that isn't always the case, but I was very lucky uh, in that show to have people like Lauren and Meg and Grace and Will and just and Kevin. So many, so many wonderful people. I'm just listing a ton of names mm -hmm. because I'm so grateful for that sense of community, especially, you know, when I needed that support. So, yeah, I don't know. I just yeah. I just rolled with the punches, kind of, you know, you had to adapt and which kind of leads me into like our next question is also you have a lot of training in that because you're an improviser. Yes. You, I am, yeah. you have done so much improv. I have improvised with Emily. She is fucking hilarious. Yeah. Uh, like, well, touche, touche. Every single time I improvise with her, I am, I'm feel like I'm going to burst my spleen. She's so good. <laughs> so just with that and having that training with being, an improver, do you feel that there's like a different type of like nervousness or anxiousness that you feel participating in either improv or community theater or even versus like a show that you do at your university? Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's, it's all kind of, it is, uh, how do I describe this? Like, it's all like, I, I think of them all like for an analogy, they're all like pasta, but they're all like different noodles, you know? So yeah. you, <laughs> I don't know like why pasta. that was the analogy that came that to me. A but fantastic <laughs> I have a lot so, of cross-stitching phrases to do today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at those. I get those one-liners that go. Um, I don't know. I it's 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 channeled differently too, like that that nervous energy, I feel. Cause when I um when I'm performing for like a scripted work, 
I usually channel that energy into becoming a very specific character, you know, because to prepare, you do table work, you come up with, you know, the physicality you have for the character. What's their voice? How are they different from me? How are they similar? And just going through that kind of mental checklist of, okay, I'm leaving Emily at the door right now because the show's starting. I need to step into this character. And so for scripted work or for something that I have a concrete character, um, like before I go on stage, I'm able to channel that energy. And so it feels it feels a lot more focused, that that nervousness into like something a bit more productive and concrete. Not productive, but I do you kind of get what I mean? It's yeah, it's yeah. very nebulous. Um, whereas comparatively with improv, it's it's a bit more chaotic. And I love it. I mean, it's it's kind of like this unfocused energy until, you know, you get on stage and you see what your scene partner has for you that day. You know, because if if I come in with an idea and then Tabby goes completely in another direction, you just have to follow that. And so it's it's a it's a different energy, but also the same energy channeled in different ways. That's exactly there. There. I had an epiphany. <laughs> <laughs> and then I feel like to touch on the other part of that, um, the difference between like my nerves for a community theater show and like a university show, it's it's definitely like the same amount of nervousness, but it's for different reasons. Like at school, I'm definitely I, I love all of my classmates and everyone here in the department, but I definitely like when I'm going in, I'm like, OK, my peers are out there and they are all like, you know, I admire them so much and I and I really think highly of of their them and their craft and I want them to think highly of me. So it's kind of like, you know, this it's it's like performing to a room of, you know, of other I mean it's performing to a room of other actors. So you know, you're you feel you're like I don't want to go on stage and have one of them think, "Oh, well I wouldn't have done it like that." So, you know, not that they would. They're all they're all very kind and non-judgmental people. But for community theater, I think it's it's a little different because, I don't know, I feel like the part of the novelty of it is getting to go there and seeing people that you that, you know, from the community, seeing, you know, like, <laughs> oh, that's my doctor who's playing the baker in, in Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Isn't that cool? <laughs> um, and so it's a it's a different kind of anxiety because, you know, I want to I still want to prove myself, but also I'm like. I mean, they're not, they're not expecting me to be super, super great. So I, I want to, but I want to prove them wrong. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't mean this to be like disparaging community theater at all. Cause it, it has my heart and I adore it. It's just, it's a different, yeah. it's, it's different things. It's, it's bow tie pasta and penne. Right. Which are both delicious, but they're Amen. different. Very nice. Amen. So Emily, when you were, so you are going to the university, you're getting your BFA, like we said in the intro in acting. Mm -hmm. Do you feel when the like audition process is something that we talked about with on a previous, uh, with a guest, mm -hmm. do you feel there is a different type of anxiety or even just like excitement or nervousness compared to auditioning for something for a community theater show versus at your university? I would say so. I think, I think too, the format is also, it tends to be different um, because at least for most of the auditions that I've done uh, for community theater have been uh, songs and then cold readings. Um, whereas here at school, they usually tend to do a song and a monologue that you've prepared in advance. 
Um, and then cold readings are done at the callback. And part of that is just for, you know, ease of time and time management, because there are so many students in the program and they, they don't have time on the first time they see somebody to have everybody read and take turns. So it is, it is a little different. And it also, you know, here at school, they're preparing us for the professional world, for going out and auditioning for shows, you know, to get hired. Um, and so it is a little different because, you know, we have to walk in and it's, you know, you walk into the, into the theater and they have all of them sitting out in the, out in the audience and you're standing there and the stage lights are on and you can't really see them. And you go like, hello, and you give your music to the accompanist and then you just have to slate and go. And it's a really, you know, quick time limit. It's, it definitely feels like a bit more like a real performance for lack of a better term. Like I'm like, okay, I'm going to prove myself to get a call back. And then, you know, at the callback, I have to prove myself to get cast. So it's, it's, it just feels like there's an added step with auditions at the university. Yeah. I, I love it. It's, 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 um, it's wonderful. Actually something that my favorite, my favorite professor said, so I have to credit them, uh, Park Fetch, absolute wonderful human being. Um, I was telling them I was really nervous for auditions uh, and they told me that they always enter an audition room on their left foot so that they are in their right mind. <laughs> and it's, I think it's, it's silly, but you know, if you have to come up with something silly or something, you know, fun to make auditioning enjoyable, then, you know, do it. Cause especially as a work, as somebody who wants to be a working actor, you know, you, you hear a lot of people talking about, Oh, auditioning is my least favorite part of the profession. And while that's a valid point, it is, you know, it is part of the profession and it's an, it's an opportunity to perform. If you, I mean, I think framing it that way is, is an excellent way to do it. And, you know, I can't take credit for that idea. Shout out to Tyler Marchant, one of my other professors, <laughs> but yeah. Well, I've learned so much from you about auditioning too. Cause I know like this week we had just talked, I auditioned for a show and I was like, I feel like I just auditioned like crap. And part of it is just, I'm, I'm like the odd duck out right now in this conversation because I did theater in high school. Mm -hmm. I took one theater class in high school. My teacher for that class, love her to death, but man, everything was A plus, A plus, 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 A plus, mm. plus. And I feel like I never got the real deal as far as auditioning. Yeah. So every audition I've done has been with community theater and I just still haven't mastered how to do it. And it's been really tricky. Yeah. So you, you've you been giving me lots of good advice and lots of help on that. And it's definitely a weak point that I need to work on. So I'm appreciative that I have you as a person to rely on in that aspect. That makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah. So like, kind of off script, but a little about just anxiety in general. So you have, you are diagnosed with both social and general anxiety. Yes, I how am. Do you, <laughs> <laughs> how do you feel theater either helps you like, does like performing help you cope with that or does it like help you challenge it? How do you get past that general or social anxiety to be able to be somebody who is able to perform and honestly do it like extremely well, in my opinion? Well, first of all, thank you. Uh, and second, I, I, I mean, I, I'll be, I'll be straight. I'll shoot straight with you. I talked to my therapist about this, especially when I was, you know, in high school and still kind of figuring out what I wanted to do. I had always been toying with the idea of going to school for theater, but I hadn't really confirmed it. 
And, you know, I was talking, I was like, I want to be an actor. And my therapist was like, okay, you know, if you're interested in that, that's awesome. But, you know, think about, think about your diagnoses. Are you willing to do that? And what we kind of, what we kind of realized through discussion is that, especially with scripted work, I do like how black and white it is, how, you know, how concrete it is, because you know how the scene's going to go. I mean, obviously with live theater, there's a chance for, you know, somebody to drop a line, something to go wrong. And that's where, you know, improv really helps because it trains you to think on your feet. But I, I do like, I do like the scriptedness of it. I like, I like being able to be like, okay, I know what's coming. And as the character, you know, you don't know what's coming, but, but me, Emily, it's, it's, it's nice to kind of have that, okay, I know exactly how this exchange is going to go. And I think for my, my neurodiverse brain, you know, it's also very nice because I don't have to, I don't have to worry about reading somebody's social cues uh, on a personal basis, just, you know, reacting as the character. Um, but yeah, especially, I think especially improv has really helped me with, you know, my, my, my general anxiousness. Um, because it's trained me to kind of really listen to what other people are saying and to, you know, just be open to, to things happening that I don't expect. Emily, it is always just so amazing to talk to you about oh. just everything in general. I know this yes. is the Love Emily Roof podcast, but genuinely, <laughs> like, for real. I, I know that this will get added in post and, like, listening or whatever, but she is genuinely one of the funniest, smartest, like just performers I have had the pleasure of working and seeing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh so spe- on that note, do you have any upcoming projects you would like to promote? Uh, I actually do. So I was cast um, in one of the fall productions here at University of Wisconsin Stevens Point. It is a play called Red Velvet by Lolita Chakrabarty. It's I'm in love with the story. Little 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 teaser, little preview. Um, it is a play about the black actor Ira Aldridge um, and kind of his career because um, he was this profoundly, intensely uh, revolutionary actor, almost a Marlon Brando type of his time. You know, he really revolutionized the domestic style of acting in his time period when everybody else was doing teapot. So very like, you know, pretty and hear ye and all that. <laughs> he was he was, you know, really living in the character. Um and the play itself uh, recounts when he played Covent Gardens, Covent Gardens, sorry, uh, Covent Gardens. Covent Gardens! <laughs> not, not Covent Gardens. <laughs> Covent- I mean, I think of that. No. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not. <laughs> Covent Garden. Oh, goodness. Um, he played Covent Garden and he was the first black actor in the UK to play Othello because the role was traditionally played by white men in blackface. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's the correct response. <laughs> um, and so it touches on, you know, the discrimination he faced while also being just this revolutionary actor. And it's, it's such a fantastic show. I really am in love with it. Um, and I'm so privileged to be working with such talented castmates and uh, an amazing production team. It's it's really good. I'm 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 not going to lie. I'm so in love with everybody I'm working with and I just I could not be happier to be part of such a talented group of individuals. Yeah, it's a it's a short rehearsal process too. We're having I think we have uh well when we started we had 4 weeks. 
So it's not a lot of time. No. <laughs> not a lot of time. Oh. But you're going to get through it and you're going to be amazing. Oh, absolutely. And I have, they are some of, the cast is some of the hardest working people I have had the privilege to, to share the stage with. Um, and so it's, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be fantastic. I can, I can say that with full confidence. Emily, thank you for being on the show. We really appreciate you coming on and talking about your past and being super, super great. We love you so much. Thank you for having me. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, my name is Tyler Tedro. And I'm Lauren Learman. And wouldn't you know it, I still can't find that outro. So I just, I'm so sorry. The Performance Anxiety Podcast is brought to you by Performance Anxiety Inc. For more information about our mission, upcoming projects, and how to get involved, visit us at the link in the episode note.